Bravery and brutality in California. New details on the Lunar New Year killing spree. A courageous confrontation with the gunman. I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him. The search for a motive as a community mourns. It is very difficult. Um, there's always a lot of what ifs. Switching gears on car thieves. I won't say it's unstealable, it's uh, pretty close. Tips to steer the criminals away. Plus, 25 years old and number one in the world. Super excited to get another victory out here on tour. Canadian golf star Brooke Henderson, her historic rise and hometown roots. Nothing's getting in her way when she's out there. CTV National News with Omar Sachadina. Good evening, everyone. We have dramatic new video to show you tonight of a life-saving tackle by a man being celebrated as a hero after this weekend's mass shooting that killed 11 people and wounded nine. Brennan Say wrestled a gun from the 72-year-old suspect, seemingly determined to kill again as he entered a second dance hall shortly after the initial shootings. I lunged at him with both my hands grabbed the weapon, and we had a struggle. CTV's Los Angeles Bureau Chief Tom Walters begins our coverage from Monterey Park, California. Tom. Omar, we now know the suspect was a regular at this dance hall who married and later broke up with a woman he met here. But there is no explanation for what happened on Saturday night. In the hail of bullets at the Star Dance Studio, some lived and some died. After the, uh, the shooting finished, he left, and then I called my partner. Wake up, wake up, he don't wake up. Additional units requested multiple victims, gunshot wounds. Victims of the rampage were rushed to hospital, where one more person succumbed to injuries today. It's still not clear why anyone would open fire in what has long been a favorite spot for local ballroom dancers. What drove a madman to do this, we don't know. But after the shooting, the gunman went to a second dance studio, the Lilai Ballroom in nearby Alhambra. I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. Working that night in a business founded by his grandparents, 26-year-old Brandon Say did not know there had already been a mass shooting. He just knew he had to prevent one. I was able to pull the gun away from him, shove him aside, create some distance, point the gun at him, intimidate him, shot him and say, get the hell out of here, I'll shoot, get away, go. The suspect, identified as 72-year-old Hu Can Tran, fled in a white van. And when police pulled over a vehicle matching the description, they heard a single gunshot from inside. The coroner removed the suspect's body, while overnight police searched his home. We recovered one 308 caliber rifle, 308 caliber and 9mm caliber ammunition, items that lead us to believe the suspect was manufacturing homemade firearm suppressors. Better known as silencers, they're illegal in California, and police say that Tran was arrested for illegal possession of a firearm back in 1990. Omar? Such a horrific tragedy. Tom Walters in Monterey Park, where we are Learning more about the men and women who began that night with a sense of hope for the Lunar New Year, which was shattered 
in an instant. CTV's Richard Madden is also in Monterey Park tonight with new details about the victims. Richard. Well, Omar, there's an overwhelming feeling of grief, pain, and shock. Most victims were out celebrating the Lunar New Year. Outside City Hall is a growing makeshift memorial to honor those who lost their lives, including 65-year-old Maymay Nan. Her niece says she loved going to that dance studio and was about to leave when the shooter opened fire. It is comforting to know that, you know, she she enjoyed her last dance, even though it was her last dance. It's good to see her. It's good to see her that one last time. Police say she's one of the nearly dozen killed in the deadly attack, all victims aged from their 50s to late 70s. A crisis support center has been set up nearby to help relatives cope. I'm very thankful, and but I'm very sad for the victims. Uh, it's crazy. But so far, most victims have yet to be identified, leaving many in this tight-knit community worried if someone else they know is among the dead. And I feared that she might be one of the victims because she loved to sing and dance. The shooting has created an uneasy tension in what was supposed to be a celebration of the Lunar New Year. I was watching a movie around 12, about 10.30, 12, 10.20, heard a bunch of pop, 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 thought, oh wow, they're doing the Lunar New Year fireworks. But it were gunshots. It was gunshots. I've never heard gunshots in my whole city. Now that sense of community and safety shattered as residents here cope with a senseless violence. This community is mostly Asian American and Again, the fact that this happened, it hurts. It not only hurts us Asian Americans, it just hurts every single human being he here. And tonight, more vigils, tributes, and condolences from President Biden to California's governor. The deadly attack may be over, but the grieving here continues. Omar. And will for some time. Richard, thank you. The motive is also unclear in another California shooting tonight. At least seven people are dead after a man opened fire at a mushroom farm and a trucking firm in Half Moon Bay, a coastal community south of San Francisco. Gun violence in this country is at completely unacceptable levels. It's really hit home tonight. Our hearts are broken. This dramatic footage shows the moment the 67-year-old suspect turned himself in and was taken into custody. A local official said the victims appear to be Chinese farm workers. A major general who was removed as Canada's vaccine rollout lead over allegations of sexual assault has been cleared by a military review. The Department of National Defense says Major General Denny Fortin did not engage in sexual misconduct and that he won't face administrative action. The Quebec court acquitted Fortin last month in a case of alleged sexual assault dating back to 1988 when he was a cadet at the Royal Military College. A man who calls himself a spiritual leader is facing allegations of sex assault in Alberta. He is the head of a multi-million dollar organization and is accused of abusing four of his own followers. CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier on the charges that come after decades of concerns. It's you in yourself. Outside his circle of hundreds of spiritual followers, John DeRyder's guidance can sound puzzling. You have a self that's not integrated, which means that the clouds are coming. So can the long, intense stares he's known for. So it's a deeper level of reality that's taking place and that's opening. Saturday, DeRyder was arrested. The 63-year-old is accused of sexually assaulting four of his followers. Edmonton police say they received reports that the accused informed certain female group members that he was directed by a spirit 
to engage in sexual activity with them, and that engaging in sexual activity with him will provide them an opportunity to achieve a state of higher being or spiritual enlightenment. He claims to be the, the living embodiment of truth. This researcher has been studying DeRyder for decades. I've never seen any indications of, of violence inside the group. The problem always is interactions with members. Uh, uh, sexual interactions, financial interactions, uh, psychological interactions, and so on. The writer has admitted to sexual relationships outside his marriage and has been described by some as a cult leader. DeRyder operated his organization, the College of Integrated Philosophy, or the Oasis Group, out of this building for 14 years before leaving last year. He now holds meetings in this suburban Edmonton office building. One yesterday was cancelled. And he also didn't seem to be home at the house identified by neighbours as belonging to DeRyder. Edmonton police are asking for any other potential victims to come forward. A spokesperson for John DeRyder provided a statement saying he will vigorously contest the charges in court. Omar. All right, Bill, thank you. Ottawa's police chief says there won't be a repeat of the so-called Freedom Convoy as the one-year anniversary of the blockade approaches this weekend. If someone attempts a vehicle-based protest, then we will take action to dismantle it fairly quickly. Eric Stubbs says police are working with intelligence sources and talking to protest organizers to make sure the downtown core stays open. There are new developments tonight in the disconnect over Canadians stuck in Syria and the federal government's role in getting them home. After a deal was reached to return women and children, a judge ruled men had to be included as well. CTV's Judy Trin with Ottawa's reaction and concerns about another group of Canadians left behind. The Prime Minister says the government has yet to decide if it will repatriate men who have been imprisoned by Kurdish authorities in northeast Syria. The court ruling just came down on Friday, I believe, and we're looking at it carefully. The men have been held without charge since at least 2019, but they're suspected of fighting for ISIS during the Syrian civil war. Their case was called BOLO, for Bring Our Loved Ones Home. There were 23 applicants. The judge ruled Canada can't just bring women and children home, it must also bring back the men. This is the first court order that I am aware of that explicitly uh, instructs uh, a government to bring back, to bring back men. Other countries have brought back hundreds of their nationals, but Human Rights Watch says only the U.S. and Italy have repatriated men. Other than the ones named in court, there are more Canadians languishing in these prison camps. According to Human Rights Watch, two men, one woman and 17 children were unable to join the case in time. Of this group, 10 minors may not come home at all. They're children of Canadian fathers who died during the war, their mothers are not Canadian. So this is putting these mothers into the untenable uh, situation, giving them this, this horrific choice of choose freedom and a new life and a possibility to rebuild the life of your child um, or but sever bonds with that child. As the government ponders its next move, the detainees, 30 of whom are children, are at risk daily of dying from malnutrition and disease, from being killed by extremists in the camps and bombings from Turkish forces. Omar. Judy Trin in Ottawa tonight. Judy, thank you. The federal government isn't saying whether it will send German-made leopard tanks to Ukraine if it's permitted to do so. 
I've been having conversations with my German counterpart. We will continue to do more because more is needed to help Ukraine. Canada has 82 of the powerful tanks, but exporting them requires permission from the German government. Poland said today it would send its tanks, but is waiting on Berlin's approval. The foreign minister spoke from Hamilton today, where a federal cabinet retreat got underway. One of the biggest concerns is the struggling health care system. Here's CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier. Great to be in Hamilton. Lots of work to do. A long list of issues, among them the health care crisis and the drawn-out federal-provincial negotiations on those transfers the premiers have been asking for. It is a huge priority for us. But those talks are slow and an agreement with the provinces won't happen overnight. By the time we have to bring down a federal budget and by the time the provinces are doing their budget. So you can figure that it's in the next two or three months that we would need to have the details of an agreement. Months, while some premiers believe it will happen in a matter of weeks. It's kind of exciting after a long, uh, a long process, but it has ramped up uh, significantly in the last uh, few weeks, few months, so it's encouraging. But more than 12,000 children in Ontario have been waiting for surgeries, and provinces like Alberta are contracting more procedures to private facilities while Canadians wait and wait to get into an ER. In Calgary, Laureen Head was told it could take one to two years for her daughter's tonsillectomy. This was a formerly very healthy 18-year-old girl, you know, prime of her life, going to college and playing volleyball and has been sidelined with this. Right now, there are an estimated 70,000 Albertans waiting for surgeries, hundreds of thousands across the country. It's just important that we start acting and addressing some of these healthcare crisis needs and uh, whatever red tape, whatever uh, documentation that needs to move this forward. The federal health minister says that Ottawa and the provinces are making progress and that there is significant goodwill on all sides. But Omar, that doesn't make accessing health care any easier. Joyce Napier in Hamilton, Ontario tonight. Joyce, thank you. In an emergency session, the government of Newfoundland and Labrador passed a bill tonight declaring the ambulance system essential in a bid to end a three-day strike by first responders over pension and pay. The province relies on private and community-owned ambulance operators. The bill requires the union and employer to reach an agreement on exactly what workers are essential and how many are needed during a strike. If both sides can't agree, the bill allows the province's Labor Relations Board to intervene. A province-wide network outage made for a hectic morning for Alberta Health Services, postponing some elective surgeries. Hospitals were knocked offline, forcing staff to go old school. We had no Wi-Fi, um, so everything was paper charting, keeping documents all on paper and just using, even if we didn't have paper, we were using paper towel to write down quick notes too. After five hours in limbo, the system was back up and running at full capacity. Overseas, an energy-saving strategy by Pakistan's government backfired, leaving almost 220 million people in the dark for more than 12 hours. Electricity was shut off overnight to save fuel costs after a breakdown of the nation's deteriorating grid. The outage spread panic in a country already grappling with a fragile economy and fuel shortages during these harsh winter months. Time for a short break, but when we come back. Anything you do is better than nothing. The car that's virtually unstealable. Plus, 
I'm even more frustrated. The end of an epic search for lost luggage. The alarming number of car thefts across the country is spurring calls for automakers to catch up with tech-savvy thieves. In Toronto, more than 700 cars have been stolen in just the first three weeks of this year. So one man stepped up and took things into his own hands to keep robbers from getting their hands on his car. CTV's John Woodward on the scope of the problem and some helpful advice. The surveillance video shows a $1 million Ferrari F12 driving Toronto streets right before it was stolen in a knife point carjacking. This appears to be a crime of opportunity. Three suspects were arrested today and that car eventually found by police. But many disappear for good, usually in minutes, with new technological tricks that make most built-in security systems obsolete. But those tricks don't seem to work on this 2018 Grand Cherokee. Thieves have tried to take it at least nine times on video. I wouldn't say it's unstealable. It's uh, pretty close. CTV News isn't identifying the car owner because he doesn't want the people targeting his truck to start targeting him. Wheel locks, a steering wheel lock, and systems inside the truck slow thieves down to the point one of them gets bored and sits on the stairs to wait. Another system silently notifies the owner that something's amiss, so he calls the police, who roll up and start to give chase. One of the two thieves was arrested that night and now faces charges. Anything you do is better than nothing, right? If you don't do anything, you're going to be the next victim. The horn is pretty much accessible from here. Toronto mechanic Ron Yosef says thieves have cracked the design of many vehicles. He sells the IGLA, which turns a car steering wheel into something like a computer keyboard. Only the right password starts the car. So it's very unique, uh, it's invisible, uh, the unit is very small, and it cannot be cloned or copied or bypassed. An approach that shows these thieves, they're not the only ones with new tricks. Police here have laid hundreds of charges and returned millions of dollars worth of stolen vehicles. Car manufacturers say they are trying to improve security, but the sheer numbers suggest many cars remain at risk without extra protection. John Woodward, CTV News, Toronto. And if you're trying to track your lost luggage, you might find some inspiration in this next story. Back in September, Nikita Reese and her husband returned from their honeymoon, but their bag did not. My bag! Today, after four months of searching, she got back the bag, but only after her own detective work. She used an air tag to trace the location to a Toronto storage facility where there was an entire pile. The luggage was right up to the door. She reported it to police, who told her the luggage had been donated to charity, even though she didn't consent to it. How can we trust them when they're, in my opinion, unwrongfully donating luggage that they clearly could figure out? Whose it is. Air Canada said a third-party company it uses does make donations to charity when ownership can't be determined after 90 days. But the Reese's say it was clear they had been looking for months. And even though they were compensated, won't be flying with the airline again. Still ahead, more troubles for tech workers. The cuts coming to Spotify, the latest major firm to announce layoffs.
Music streaming service Spotify is the latest tech company to slash jobs as the economic outlook weakens this year. It's cutting 6% of its global workforce, or about 600 positions. The move follows the lead of Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. The tech titans revealed this month they are laying off tens of thousands. An incredible rescue to show you off the coast of Key West, Florida. Dylan's family had been searching for him for hours. The 22-year-old had gone missing after a free dive and was swept away oh by God, a powerful Dylan. current, but stayed afloat and alive by tying two buoys together. Glad he is safe. And a popular summer oasis on the prairies has floated its way into the record books. Lac Peltier Regional Park has set the Guinness World Record for the longest line of water inflatables, 359 meters. 59 more than the target. Hundreds hit the lake last summer to make history and have some fun in the process. A historic win of a different kind after the break. Canadian golfer Brooke Henderson's drive to succeed. We leave you tonight with an ace golfer starting the season in style. Brooke Henderson cemented her status as the best in the world. Here's CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver. But another winning result. Lucky number 13 for Smith Falls, Brooke Henderson, who dominated the field from start to finish. It's so exciting. I always try to win a couple times each year, so to get one right away, right out of the gate, uh, you know, takes a little bit of pressure off. At just 25, Henderson is now the number one golfer on the LPGA Tour. You're looking at the best Canadian uh, golfer probably that's ever lived. Her Florida feat achieved after an off-season that included rehabbing a back injury, wisdom teeth removal, and a new set of clubs. It was definitely a unique off-season, lots of things happening and going on, but to come out and start the season this way is really the dream start. Brooke learned to play golf here in Smith's Falls when she was in elementary school. And to this day, her dad is still her coach and her sister, her caddy. For golf. And he golf pro me Paul Valancourt knows the Henderson the sisters well. School. They both worked at and his golf school. You watched her uh, go from the age of five on there. Uh, you knew she was going to be something that special back then. Valancourt says Henderson's drive sets her apart and he hopes that will take her far. If she wasn't playing in a tournament, she was either on the putting green putting for four hours in a row or hitting balls on the range. Her work ethic was unbelievable. Local golfers, too, are rooting for her winning streak to continue. She's just a, a great spokesperson for golf and uh, Canada. It inspires us because, you know, she's got this great history. The birdie putts. The humble Henderson now has a month off, but she won't be spending it resting. Lots of diligent practice, um, make a couple tweaks, a couple adjustments on some of the clubs that I want to hit even better. <laughs> it sounds silly since I just won. A win Henderson hopes will set the tone for this season. Annie Bergeron-Oliver, CTV News, Smith Falls, Ontario. And that's a snapshot of this Monday for all of us at CTV National News. Thanks for watching. Good night.